Vibrational astrologer Michael Spramuli returns to deliver the Cosmic Weather Report for March 2024. You'll hear how you can best utilize the upcoming equinox energies and how to navigate the primary vibrational waves of March. Welcome to Evolving Humans, the podcast for awakening souls. I'm your host, Julia Marie. Settle in and get ready for another spirited conversation. Michael Spramuli is a vibrational astrologer with a deep understanding of this form of astrology. You can find out more about his work and the classes that he offers at his website, blueridgeastrology.com. It's great to have you back on Evolving Humans, and it's so good to see you again, Michael. This good month flew you. by. Good, good to see you as well. Yeah, I can't believe a month has already passed. Thanks for having me back. Well, you know, before you get into the report, which I'm sure is going to be really interesting, I have a personal question I want to ask you. Sure. But it's not only personal to me. I thought it was just me until I started talking to other people. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of us that have been not sleeping, mm -hmm. exhausted, tired, miserable, no energy or low energy, dragging our butts through the day for about a week to 10 days at least. Mm -hmm. Is there anything happening in the cosmos that could <laughs> explain well, funny, this? Funny you should ask. <laughs> so let's, let's jump right in. You know, when I was looking at the vibrations and just overall placements for this month, uh, something that jumped out, uh, jumped out to me it actually started around February 21st. So I don't know if that's your, your timeline. That's about right. Yeah. And is and is scheduled to run until about March 5th. And that is the sun, Mercury, and Saturn are all conjunct in Pisces. So, well, what does that mean? Well, Saturn is the planet that makes us put our head down and do work. So it takes things away to eliminate distractions and help us focus on the essential activities at hand. Well, what are those activities? For that, we look at the other two planets aspecting. You've got Mercury, which connects thoughts and ideas, and the sun that puts things front and center in our life. Now, these planetary combination, uh, this planetary combination of sun, Mercury, and Saturn, it doesn't in and of itself produce fatigue, insomnia, or drain but we got to look at the underlying energy. So this energy of Saturn, uh, Sun, Mercury, and Saturn all working together <clears throat> puts us in a place where we're having to figure out what needs to go. What do we need to take out of things? What's our next move? Where are we going to be advancing ourselves professionally, personally, whatever it might be for you? But the nature of those type of activities can wear us out. Because we're looking at things, figuring out where are we right now? What needs to stay? What needs to go? Saturn and Mercury insists on having a very, very high logical understanding of things. Often a level that is hard to hit. In other words, we may want so much clarity on something that 
it's impossible to get. But what happens when we don't get it? It ends up keeping us up at night. We worry, we ruminate, we run things through our head over and over again. And that's kind of, that's one of the things that's been happening. I don't know if what I just described fits what you and your clients have been experiencing. Um, I'll ask, does it? (laughs) I'm going to say yes, it does. As a matter of fact, Um, I forgot about that whole Saturn clearing things away, but it, it makes total sense. And, you know, and, and in VA, we don't use malefics and benefics as far as categorization of planets. But in traditional astrology, Saturn's often referred to as, you know, the it's uh, malefic. It's going to come in there and shake things up and whatnot. All right. Well, it may. But remember, it helps us focus on the essentials. And whenever we have to do that, and whenever Saturn is aspecting, the way that it's been taught to me by David Cochran, who is the father of modern vibrational astrology, Saturn takes away our toys when it comes around as an Mm -hmm. aspect. (laughs) So, you know, what are our toys? Well, you know, maybe we wanted to go take a trip, but something came up and blocked that from happening. Maybe we had planned to go make a new purchase. Uh, We were going to buy a new big screen TV, but the refrigerator goes out and that money needs to be allocated instead of to the television over to the refrigerator because it's high up on the ladder. So, The good news is that when Saturn's there, it helps us focus on what we really need to be focusing our attention on. The potential downside is that it may be a little rocky because it's going to be a little disruptive and it's not allowing us to focus on what we thought, excuse me, we needed to focus on, Mm -hmm. but rather what is essential. The good news is that by the 5th of March, this energy is done. It's already pretty much peaked. So it's on the down slope and that would probably square with what you're experiencing personally and with, uh, with clients. Uh, and what's interesting this month, and we'll get into this in just a minute is, you know, I generally try to pick out the larger vibrational aspects that go on for a week or two, Mm -hmm. because you're going to feel those more predominantly in March. Uh, well, that was that's February, obviously, but in March, it's not like we have these two-week cycles. We've got about two or three smaller one-week intervals that kind of changes the energy up for the better, and and we'll see what that's like when we get there. So the so, hope is the hope is March fifth. There's an end in sight. Yes, this yes. should be resolving itself. That's good yeah. because now don't don't hold me to that date. You know, I always tell people dates are just honor about starts <laughs> on or about. You know, there, there you go. Just like you know, uh, you, you read in all the the crime dramas. Where that's legalese. Honor right. about <laughs> honor about exactly. You know, maybe a couple of days sooner for some. Maybe a couple of days later for others. It all depends on what's going on in your chart, which is always how I like to start these because this is a cosmic weather report for the collective. Your mileage will vary based on the placements in your chart. And I'd have to look at your chart and see, but if you're feeling this extra intensely, it'll be interesting to see where Saturn is in your chart with regards to how it's aspecting currently, because you may be getting a little bit more juice on this uh, and, and, and your clients may be as well. It's not all of them, just some of them, but there was yeah. enough, people 
that I talked to that it made me think, well, maybe this is something I ought to ask him because it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. People like you and I who work with people from a variety of cross sections in life and with varying experience and live in different parts of the world, you start to pick up on trends because people will come to you and say similar things at certain times. So Mm -hmm. it makes you go, "Hmm, all right, well, what's going on out there in Mm -hmm. the cosmos? And uh, more often than not, there's uh, usually an aspecting pattern that aligns with whatever people are bringing to us to discuss and work through. How about we talk about the moons? Yeah, let's start. Let's get into March. Go ahead. Both new and full. All right. So first, let me give you just a little wrap up for February, because we just came out of a full moon in Virgo on February Uh 24th. So that energy is alive and well for the next couple of weeks. So Virgo, of course, is the planet of wanting to have things the way that they want to have things. They've got this, Virgo is all about envisioning the ideal situation. Well, this full moon in Virgo that just happened is all about, okay, you've been doing your research. You've been looking at options. You've been figuring out what your next move is going to be. Now let's go. Let's stop thinking, ideating, reflecting, and take some action. So you can still harness some of that energy over the next couple of weeks from February's full moon that happened on the 24th, because it's nudging us to just, all right, you know what you need to do. Go ahead and do it. I don't want to belabor that too much, but uh-huh. you know, there's a little bonus interpretation as far as uh, what energy you can still capitalize on for the next couple of weeks. Let go of the things that are unneeded. That's what we always tend to do in a full moon and then figure out what direction we need to head in to make things happen. So let's talk new moon in March. So we have a new moon, March 10th at 20 Pisces 16. Now Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. It starts with Aries and it starts on March 21st. It goes, the sun uh, travels all the way around the Zodiac for an entire year and goes through all the signs. And as it goes through the signs, each sign gets a month on stage, if you will. So with Pisces being the end of the Zodiac and the new moon is happening there on the 10th, new moons are all about what do you want to plant? What is it that we want to bring into the world? What do we want to manifest? The new moon happens now. Six months later, the full moon will happen in that sign, uh, uh, in the sign of Pisces. And that, that happens for all the signs. So it's like, here's the seeds that we start to plant. And then we can hopefully start to reap the benefits of them. So what is this energy all about? This new moon energy in Pisces, I like to think of it as it's sort of like a this is your life moment when you're sort of, if remember there was an old TV show that would show scenes yes. from people's lives. <laughs> yeah. And 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 just kind of like, well, all right, it's been a year around the zodiac. What have you accomplished? What have you not accomplished? What did you make progress in? Where did you not make enough progress that you you uh, wanted to? In a word, Pisces energy is eclectic. It's about pulling things together from disparate sources. Things that you might not think would go together because Pisces being the last sign of Zodiac is like, all right, we've traveled this whole Zodiac. What have we learned? How can we put it all together? 
We've got all the pieces. Now, what do we do with it? So when I talk about eclectic, let me give you a very silly but yet practical example. I happen to be the self-appointed world's most foremost authority on donuts. Yes, I know they're not good for you, but I love donuts. I, I, I always have. So I try to keep that uh, premium in check. Mm -hmm. But for those of you out there who have never had a maple and bacon flavored donut, you might say, "Ugh, that sounds horrible. And I did too until I tried it. And it was like, huh, who would have thought? Sweet, savory. It hits all the notes. That's an example of Piscean energy because Pisces manages to pull things together from different places that seem to be on the surface disconnected, but yet it ends up connecting beautifully. All right. Well, that's great. So how does this impact us for the full uh, the mm -hmm. new moon? The new moon is looking at now what parts of your life are you able to blend, blur the boundaries or dissolve the boundaries on? Pisces dissolves borders. So this is a time for us to plant those seeds and intentions to look at where are we headed for the next six months to ride that Pisces energy and how can we integrate things maybe from different aspects of our life. And that could be drilled down into subcategories in your work. Maybe you're being asked to come up with something new or a new solution Look for ways and opportunities to pull information and, and situations and techniques together from seemingly unrelated sources because Pisces helps pull all that together. And, and Pisces, the, the energy behind it is seeing things that the average person typically would just gloss over. So the the if i had to summarize the the wisdom of pisces in a nutshell and that's everything is connected to everything else now if you think about that, the zodiac if you start with that lesson in aries it's like ah, what does that mean i have no idea you know uh -huh. aries is here i am here's what i'm bringing to the world we're not ready for that lesson until the end of the zodiac so we've gone around the sun for a year learned a bunch of stuff figured out what works what doesn't work new ideas how do we bring it all together? So that's the energy that I'm encouraging people to tap into on this new moon. Again, that's at March 10th, happening at 20 degrees of Pisces. So that's some pretty good stuff. And by the way, as I'm explaining this uh, and, and this month's transit activity, I want you to just pay attention and for the listeners as well as to how the story unfolds because remember astrology yes it looks at energy and the underlying energy processes however it helps us tell the story of mm -hmm. what's going on which brings us now to the full moon in march 25th at five libra seven but this is a special full moon you know why no. and it's okay if you don't because it's a lunar eclipse. Oh, that's this month. Okay. Yes, it's it's in March. So let's talk about eclipses. A full moon is when we reap what we have sown previously, from six months ago, from when the the the, the moon was new in the sign of Libra. All right. Well, that happens twelve times a year, but about three times a year we get the benefit of a lunar eclipse. 
Eclipses in general, whether it's lunar or solar, think of it as turbocharged energy. And the way I like to explain a, a full moon is think of a, a a chime being rung when the full moon comes around, ding, and it kind of resonates and it stays around the energy for a while and then it, it, it dissipates out. <clears throat> An eclipse, when that happens, the energy is more like, ding. <laughs> and it hangs around for a longer period of time. So there's more energy. It's like an extra shot in the arm when eclipse is happening. Okay. So this is happening inside of Libra. Well, what's Libra all about? Libra is about creating things and relationships of equal value. Libra wants to play catch with people. It's like, I do something, now you do something. You do something, now I do something. There's this uh -huh. interchange. There's this, this, think of the scales. You know, again, it's baked into the zodiac sign. It's this balance of yin and yang. Now, sometimes that balance gets out of whack, and a lot of Libras out there are saying, oh, my life is in total chaos. Yeah, it can be. If you look at the scales that Libra represents, sometimes those scales are way out of alignment. And then they swing in the other way. But the thing with Libra is Libras are all about wanting to find that balance, specifically when it comes to interacting with people. Everybody has a place at the table in Libra land because I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. And with the eclipse happening, that's going to stir up that energy pretty intensely. Libra often lives for friends. When they don't have friends or friendships, <clears throat> they can become depressed <clears throat> and, and just feel disconnected because they need that back and forth energy. So if you have a lot of Libra placements, which simply means there's a lot of planets in the Libra section of your chart, you're going to experience this event more intensely because there's more activation that's going to be going on. So Libra has this desire and energy to relate to people as equals. It wants everyone to maintain their individuality. And from that individuality, like a mosaic, it comes together and creates the, the grand picture. So with Libra energy happening really, really strong because of this eclipse, this is going to be a time for a couple of things. Number one, you have to respect hear and respond appropriately when interacting with other Libras. And you certainly want that for you during this cycle. Well, what does that mean in English? It means you can't talk at a Libra. And this advice applies to anyone, obviously. But if, uh -huh. if, if you're not engaging a Libra in this give and take, back and forth, balancing of these scales, Things aren't going to flow easily. So this full moon gives us an opportunity to realize, all right, well, how are we being equal? Are we including others in whatever it is that we're doing? Are we making sure that people in our family and in our work environments and in other places all have a seat at the table? So one of the interesting things about this Libra energy is we might see on a, on a global scale, 
some more egalitarian type of activities. People who might not have had voices might get a voice at the table because Libra is about restoring order and that equal balance where everyone gets to play. Now, that depending would be on nice. That would be nice. Now, you know, are all the world's ills going to be solved with no. this eclipse? No, of course not. But you might see in the news during that cycle for the, you know, and remember eclipse energy lasts a bit longer than a full moon energy. Uh, you know, there's no definitive time frame, but usually a full moon energy lasts about a week and a half to two weeks. Eclipses give that more energy to last about a month-ish or so. Okay. So during that time, you know, you, you pay attention, you see what's going on in the news. You might fear if discover an underrepresented group finally got uh, seen and is heard. Uh, all sorts of things could happen for the stabilization of communities and countries because this energy is about bringing people into alignment with each other. So again, that's March 25th uh, at uh, five degrees of Libra. How about we talk about a couple of vibrations? Because what's vibrational astrology without vibrations? That's the part that always interests me is what, what are the major waves that are coming this month that I can either take advantage of or prepare myself for either or, way. Or get in the bed and pull the covers over exactly. your head. You know, that, that, that is an option. We have choices as humans. Yes. All right. So I already spoke about February 21st through March 5th, which is that Sun, Mercury, Saturn aspect where people may be feeling worn out, exhausted, having to make decisions. I, one other thing I want to make about, a uh, point I want to make about that combination. When the Sun and Saturn are connected from an aspecting perspective, and especially if this hits any areas of your personal chart, Sun Saturn is about its go time, its decision time. It's time to do something. And that can keep us up at night because we're weighing these options out. And when we do that, we tend to eat poorly and sleep poorly and not do exercise. What happens? And then we end up feeling not so great. So that's just a little add on there that one of the reasons that people may be feeling just a little uh, right now is because of that Sun-Saturn combination because it's forcing us. Well, I don't want to use the term force. It's it's guiding strongly us, encouraging, strongly encouraging <laughs> us to make decisions, and that could be a little exhausting. But then the the tide starts to turn. This goes back to the story that I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode here. Now we look from March fifth through March eleventh, and we have the sun. Same as what we had in Mar uh, February 21st. We have Mercury. Ooh, that's the same too. Where are we heading? But now we have Neptune joining. And this is all, by the way, in the first vibration, which is the basic octave of the natal chart. Uh, the the Sun-Mercury-Saturn combination and the Sun-Mercury-Neptune combination. So if you notice, the only thing that changes starting on the 5th of March is Saturn goes away and Neptune jumps in there. Well, Neptune is the planet of imagination, what's ideal for us. Neptune is all about fascinating, uh, fascinated by learning new things and wanting to know what's inspiring and what's imaginative. So wherever Neptune is in your chart, that's a place that's magical to you. It could be wanting to go to the Super Bowl or wanting to live in a particular place and environment or 
watching a sunset, you know, uh, at the southmost point of the U.S., whatever's magical and idealistic for you. Well, that energy gets tapped into starting March 5th through the 11th, which means there may be a revitalization or an invigoration about wanting to learn things that are inspiring and imaginative for you. Why do I say learn? Because Mercury is involved. Mercury connects thoughts and ideas. This is how VA works. You combine the very basic definition of each planet and it forms this recipe. And because the sun is involved, it puts it front and center in our life. I often use the analogy of a spotlight or a lighthouse when describing the sun because it focuses us, us on here you are. This is mm -hmm. what we need to deal with. So what is it? It's Mercury and Neptune. This could be a time when you maybe say, you know, I've always wanted to take an online class on origami because I think that's very cool and it's neat and I want to be able to do that. Well, you know, obviously I'm just using yeah. examples that are coming to me out of the ether here, but that's the type of stuff. What is magical to you? Maybe a, a time to have that take front and center starting around the beginning of March and dive into that a little bit. Learn a little bit more. It doesn't mean you're going to take up a whole new occupation, but peek your head in the door and see what's going on there. I remember when I was in college many, many years ago, you know, people would have different parties uh, at in their dorm rooms, uh, allegedly. And, you know, you peek <laughs> your head in one room, it's like, okay, uh, they're playing a lot of rock music, not interested, too much. Go down to another room, it's kind of low key and there's mood lighting and plants and, you know, maybe a little incense, but oh, that's a different vibe. You go to another place, there's someone's doing stand up comedy in there. So you got to peek your head in the room or the doorway to see what's going on because you might discover something that you didn't know was there. And it could be intoxicating, it could draw you in, but it's magical to you. That's what ends up drawing you into a whole different direction. So the whole idea between March 5th through the 11th is it's about learning and sharing with others. So keep an eye out for that. Then starting around the 14th of March goes from the 14th through the 19th. And, and this is a little atypical. You know, usually there are some longer vibrational cycles that last a couple of weeks, but it, the cosmos is what it is. So these are shorter bursts here. So now we have March 14th through the 19th planets that are aspecting are Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune in the 23rd vibration. Now, I'm not sure the 23rd vibration has come up on your mm, podcast. I don't, no, I don't think so. Okay, so let me give a little background on what that is. And it, it's really easy to understand. When planets are aspecting in the 23rd vibration, the 23rd vibe is all about taking calculated risks. So the energy is such where it's like, okay, I've got some choices here. I could do this or not. If I do this, here are the potential gains. Here are the potential negative sides uh, or downfalls. If I decide not to do it, well, all right, what might, I, what might I be giving up if I miss this opportunity? So the 23rd vibrational energy wraps everything up in this idea of, examining the opportunity to take risks to see if that's something that the the potential risk is, the potential gain is better than the risk that you're going to end up taking. So the planets that are in there Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, now Neptune kind of carries over a little bit so we still have some of this Neptune energy. 
This is all about organizing events that are focused on achieving a vision or high aspiration. Uh, spirituality could surface uh, if someone has got the desire and the wiring to lead others in a motivational type of way. This is an optimal time for that because Jupiter and Saturn are the organizational pieces. Jupiter makes things big. Saturn strip thing, strips things away. Well, they sound like they're at each other's throats, but they're really not. We see this pattern a lot with people who are executives in large organizations. They have a Jupiter-Saturn placement because one part is focused on growing the business, Jupiter, and Saturn is focused on cutting away the fat that's unnecessary so that we're not squandering money. So it's a nice check and balance system. But don't forget, we got Neptune in there as well. And Neptune's about the magical, inspirational whole idea of what are we viewing as our ideal and what are we attracted to? So when we combine Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune during this aspecting time in the 23rd vibration, remember, we can't forget the vibration. This is a time to think, hey, all right, maybe I need to get something going here. Maybe I need to finally bring this vision into reality that I've had in my head. May take some work, may take some risk, might not pan out, but yet it could. And if it does, it could be quite exciting. So expect to feel a little bit of a nudge in that direction where you're contemplating bringing something in to the world to achieve a, a greater mission at almost a higher level or a higher dimension. Uh, here's an example. I had a client once who had a Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune aspect, and their whole mission in life was they wanted to create a no-kill cat sanctuary. And at the time that I was doing a consult with them, those planets weren't being aspected by anything in the sky. They had this in their natal chart, by the way, which is powerful because mm -hmm. they have that ability to carry it with them. But then we were looking ahead at transits and about six months later, he said, you know, one of these is getting activated. And when one planet gets activated, they all get activated. Long story short, about 12 months after that, she ended up having an up and running, no kill animal sanctuary. And if we look at the underlying components, Jupiter is making that big, bringing it to the world. Saturn's making sure it's going to be solvent. Mm -hmm. And what's magical to her? Saving animals. So you see how all the dynamics kind of fit together. All right. One last vibration here. And that takes us now from the 18th through the 24th. And of course, there's a little overlap there because it's a different vibration. So March 18th through the 24th, we have Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto all connected. And Ooh. that is in... <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to blow uh -oh. your mind here. The 116th vibration. And we haven't had that one for sure. Well, I don't think we've had any on uh, your show mm -hmm. above 100. So let me speak for just a second about the difference between high number vibrations versus low number vibrations. And I'm not going to get into how they're calculated because everyone will glaze over and run into the ditch if they're listening in the car. But here's the general rule of thumb. The first 32 vibrations you can see those show up in people's lives. You know, the, the 11th vibration is restlessness. The seventh vibration is a calm stillness. <clears throat> and you can see people behave in those ways when those vibrations are present in their chart or something activates from a transit. 
when we hit the higher vibrations, it's almost more of things that get stirred within us at a cellular level. You can't see it outwardly. You wouldn't know it if you just met the person on the street, but they feel it in their bones. And that higher vibration ultimately gets played out through the lower vibrations. Does that make sense? As far yeah. as the difference so, of the octaves there? I would probably say it's a soul level kind of a thing that's getting yes. broadcast down. Yeah. Th there you go. I exactly. Same thing, different yeah. terminology. Okay. <clears throat> so why is this important? Because if we're tuned into what's coming through, then we can figure out, all right, well, if we're feeling a certain way or drawn to certain things, we can then go and figure out how to bring it into reality. Mm -hmm. So this 106 the 16th vibration is based on the 29th vibration, which is multiplied times four. Here's what this means. Transformation, philosophical by nature, mature, big views, not simple answers, being able to adapt to different points of view. So it's a lot of introspection that is associated with this 116th vibration. So we may get the idea seed through March 18th through the 21st of life, 24th rather of, you know, I'm really contemplating what my life path is going to be. I've done this for X period of time. I may be getting tired. I might want to go in a different direction. I wonder what the universe has in store. These are the types of things that can get stirred. Well, the planets, because you always got to go back to the planets because they serve the vibration, are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. This is pretty heavy-duty stuff. Transpersonal type of ideas come to the surface. Spiritual ideas are often front and center. Thinking about where we came from, where we may be going, how we impact others here on Earth. So during this time frame of the 18th through the 24th, you have a propensity to be successful in projects and activities that are visionary, inspirational, and uplifting. Because when we're tapping into this vibration of transformation and philosophy, these are the type of things that can have a greater impact on the world at large, <clears throat> as opposed to just focusing on ourselves. Now, Uranus helps break out of the routine because it's very lively and in the moment. Neptune focuses on what's magical to us. And Pluto then comes in like the turbo accelerator and says, yes, you're going to be focusing on this for a while and we're going to make it front and center in your life. So when you put all of that energy together, it could be a time where you're maybe leaving some traditions behind that you have held on to for a while, but they no longer serve you. You might be visioning ahead, looking at, you know, here's what I really, really want to do when I grow up. These are the type of things that I would expect to surface during this time frame. And it doesn't mean you're going to get all the answers. I, I'm not suggesting that, mm -hmm. but you start to process this and energy goes where attention flows. So, you know, you might get this idea. It's, it's like, you know, I may have been involved with XYZ group for 20 years and it was great, but I'm just not feeling it anymore. It might be time to move on and see what, other horizons exist out there. The thing about Uranus and Neptune is it's a very lively, magical, almost intoxicating type of environment without any substances. And then Pluto adds even more of that 
fuel to the equation so that you're able to see things from different perspectives, look at where the idealistic nature is coming from. And because it's all in this 116th vibration, it could affect us at a real deep cellular level <clears throat> so that we can then bring it into reality. And that's what's happening in March. Oh, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't say March 24th, uh, 21st is when the Zodiac starts at the beginning, meaning zero Aries. And every year we go around the sun. Everything revolves around the sun. And the Zodiac starts at zero Aries. For the astrology geeks out there, it's when the equatorial plane and the celestial equator intersect. That's how we calculate where the start of the Zodiac begins, which means we get to do this all over again for the next year, going through every sign of the Zodiac, learning different lessons, experiencing different pieces of information so that we end up at Pisces and then we do it again. Was there anything specific that stood out for the equinox? I'm just curious. Um, You know what? Uh, we're going to do this live and on the fly. I'm jumping into my astrology software right now. I looked at March 21st and didn't see anything super okay. pronounced, but I'm going to look right now. Just give me a second here. March 21st. Not that the there tapping. wasn't anything else going on in March. <laughs> uh, the tapping you're hearing is me banging on the computer. <clears throat> okay, so this is interesting here. Um so on that date specifically, and, and the equinox doesn't really pack any more wallop like a, uh, a solar or lunar eclipse would, but it's good to know how are we starting off the year, uh, astrologically at least, from the astrological standpoint. Yeah. You've got the, the sun and Neptune conjunct on that day. Neptune's what's magical and idealistic for us. So it could get us in a good frame of mind of figuring out where do we want to allocate our energies that we can it just embrace what is ideal and where we want to be. You got those two planets hanging out. You also have Saturn and Venus hanging out together in Pisces, both at 12 degrees. Those are exact. So what does that mean? That's about looking for genuine beauty. Now that could be genuine beauty in redoing your house and getting rid of laminate and putting in hardwood floors. But more realistically, it's wanting to get down to the genuine beauty in relationships and connecting with people. When Saturn shows up, it does not like glitz or glamour or anything like that. So I like those two placements as I see them here, because what are we looking at? We're looking at what's ideal for us, Sun, Neptune, and then where's the real beauty in our lives, mm -hmm. Saturn, Venus. And I like that. It's a good way. Now, there's one other little thing that's happening here. You've got Sun, uh, connecting with Pluto also on the 21st of March. Uh, so that's all about passion, bringing passion into the world. And and by the way, these planets next year, it's going to be different aspects. Yeah. So that the, the, the equinox doesn't always have the same planetary lineup, even though it does happen at the same time. So all in all, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing here. Maybe a little bit of clearing of the cobwebs, getting rid of things that are not beneficial to us, but the energy of idealistic and true connection, true love, true romance and passion. I'll take it. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good thing to focus on. That's what I was looking for is what is the energy of that day? Because yep. again, what we focus on magnifies. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So you, 
gave us a ton to think about. Will you please uh, just briefly tell people where they can connect with you? Sure. Uh, if you want to learn more, you can visit blueridgeastrology.com. I will mention one thing I've been doing a lot of recently are one question readings. They've, I, I got them. So they're very inexpensive. They're like 50 bucks. And what that is, is someone can ask a question via email, and then I'll record a 10 to 15 minute video response showing them in the chart what's going on to answer that question. You can find that as well as other things that I offer, including classes at blueridgeastrology.com. That's a great resource, Michael. And as usual, what a fun time I've, I personally have had with you. So. Oh, same here. I love doing these every month. It's, uh, it, it's, 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 I can't remember a time now of not doing them. And, uh, it's actually good for me too, because it, it gives me a chance. I mean, I can look at stuff in a chart and see what's going on, but I look at so much information. This yeah. gives me a chance to assimilate it, to talk it through because uh -huh. to see it is one thing to feel it is, is another game. Well, that's our time for today. Evolving Humans listeners, I want to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. When you share these episodes with two other people, you help expand our reach and awaken the world. And now, here's a quote for you to contemplate as you go about your day. The world's favorite season is spring. All things seem possible in May. Edwin Way Teal.